I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Crit Set Up Podcast. Again, I'm Josh Shumoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. Future Jiu-Jitsu World Champion, Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week, boys. Obviously, UC 292, UC Singapore, the Prime Press Conference, and a lot, lot more. As always, we're brought to you by two fantastic sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Rogue Energy Code selling off a check up for 10% off. They'll keep you going throughout your day. The same way they helped me. But also, if you want to chill out at the end of the night with some Delta 8 products, go ahead and go to Elixir. Sound off once again for Rogue Energy and Elixir. Code sound off for 10% off. Angel, he did it. He did it. I hate to say it. He did it. No, there's no controversy. There's no, it is what it is. Sean O'Malley should There's no controversy? Do you actually believe that? Well, I mean, there shouldn't be, but, you know. Sugar yeah. Sean O'Malley is the UFC's bantamweight champion. Um, fighting, you know, in home crowd on his side in Boston in the TD Garden on Saturday. Round one, very tentative. You know, Aljo admitted that, you know, he kind of wanted to strike with him a little bit. Turned out to be the worst decision imaginable because in the opening seconds of round two, Sean O'Malley lands a picture-perfect right hand. He found Aljo slipping. He found him reaching, puts him down, falls with some follow-up shots, got the TKO win. Um, like you mentioned, some people think it was controversial. I thought it was a fine stoppage. I thought it was a perfect moment for, for Sean O'Malley. Uh, and uh, it, was a, it was a highlight reel finish for him and a historical one that we're going to see for the years upon years. But since you mentioned it, what did you think about the stoppage itself? I mean, I, I thought it was fine, but Josh, all you need to say is, if you are what you say you are, a superstar. All jokes aside, though, holy fuck, man. That was the way to do it, though, right? It had to happen like that. And also, it was probably the one of the only ways I imagined Sean winning. And I mentioned this on the show. I'm like, look, I don't see Aljo knocking out Sean, and I don't see Sean submitting Aljo. So. But uh, in the end, like you said, a very tentative, measured round. I love Sean's comment afterwards. He's like, "Would you guys score that first round for?" They're like, "All the Jets scored it for uh, for, for uh, Aljo." He's like, "Okay, who they scored a second round for?" What a pretty godly response on Sean's part. I got to give him credit there. Right. But look, I mean, in the end, it comes down to a mistake, uh, and it's crazy, man, because it seems like right when these guys are about to break records and do something like that, there's always seems to be this this thing blocking the path. Like looking back, like Kamaru Usman. Was about to break a record for I can't even remember what record he was about to break, but I think it was most fights won in an order. They say or something like that. I know that he like already that. he already set the the record last fight for most bantamweight title defense or something like. That. But uh, yeah, yeah. And on top of that, uh, and same thing. Izzy was a bri- about to break a uh, record, and he ran into Alex Pahea. once again. Uh, he was going to set the record for was it most title defenses at, as a bantamweight in this fight? Because he tied it right. Uh, no, he, he set the record with the winner versus Udo, which tells you how fucking yeah, does the, yeah how, how competitive that division is. Yeah, and look, I that's the thing, dude. I mean, someone new could win this belt in Sean's next fight, and I don't even think that would be that shocking. But uh, look, I mean, in, in looking back at everything, I I, I feel I feel for Alger in some ways because his career will always 
this, especially his championship uh, run, will always have some stain to it. And like I said, I'm not going to say it is and isn't warranted because, I mean, he did have the way he captured his belt was because of the illegal knee, but he did come back and get a split decision. Uh, TJ's signed a fight with one arm was obviously kind of a just unfortunate for Alja. Obviously, Alja didn't have anything to do with that. And uh, and look, in the Henry one, people will always be like, uh, well, Henry had uh, been away from the sport and this and that, and he had that 36-year age mark, which for, you know, at, at that point in time in fighters, there's always like this change or whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's a stat, right? Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, what this guy did is a bantamweight is, uh, is incredible. He still had an incredible career. He's still one of the is arguably the greatest or one of the greatest, at least he's at least in that top three conversation for best buying points of all time. Uh, I think undisputedly at this point. Mm-hmm. And he falls a little short here. Um, I think one thing that, that uh, I think Alger made a mistake here, man, is I think the difference between all his other fights is I think he had respect for everybody else and they didn't have respect for him. Mm-hmm. Because Peter Young had already been a champion. TJ Dillashaw had already been a champion. Anderson Hudo had already been a champion. Sean O'Malley had never been a champion. People had been, and I and I have the Twitter clip, um, I have the Twitter, uh, the tweet saved from uh, Ariel on that night about Sean and essentially kind of highlighting his whole career and saying like, you know, this is the moment, this is the time, and everybody making these comments like this this fight is catered exactly for Aljo and everybody's it, it looked it looked like everybody was against Sean, like there was yeah. very few people who believed he he could win, and I wouldn't say that didn't come with some sort of merit. I had Sean winning, but I had it. I knew very well what the other result could be and how it could end and how it could be very uh, one-sided, a one-sided affair. But in the end, John stayed measured, waited for the moment. Alja makes a mistake and overextends, and history has been made. Josh, Sean O'Malley is, is your new UFC 135 champion, new bantamweight champion, and new superstar. Yeah, man. I And, like, look, uh, let me go ahead and say a couple things. Aljamain Sterling's place in history cannot be taken. It, I mean, it can with like time and all that, but like, it, he's an he's an all time great bantamweight. He set the record, and if you run down his resume, it's just it's unreal. I know that everybody hated the guy, but I mean, Cejudo, Dillashaw, Jan, Sandhagen, Rivera, Munoz, Barral. You know what I mean? Um, just killers up and down. And I, I do wonder if he didn't respect Sean. And um, and and like you mentioned, and here's actually something I also want to say, because I'm a big Aljo fan. I've been very upfront about how much I like Aljo Sterling, and I've also been very upfront about the fact that I like guys who kind of take the. It's gonna sound funny because it's like the Kevin Durant joke, but like the hardest road, you know? <laughs> like you know how like Kevin Durant said that, and then like he said it about going to a Golden State, and everybody's like, "Dude, what the fuck are you talking about?" But, like, Sean, like Sean O'Malley did not have to go the hardest road. Aljamain Sterling did. You know what I mean? Guys like Bilal Muhammad are going the hardest road. I, I like – I Curly. naturally I naturally root for guys that that happens towards. You know what I mean? And I definitely think Sean O'Malley had a little bit of Dana White privilege. But you know what, dude? He showed up to the dance. Time, he showed up to the dance. That, that's exactly right. Whenever it was time to go, he showed up. Like, Dana can't fight for you, man. Like, yeah, Aljo, should he have not taken this fight? Should he have probably waited? He just fought in, like, late May, and he, he had, like, a brutal weight cut. Those are all true things, but it's not like we didn't know that going into the fight. You know what I mean? Um, I was very impressed with Sean O'Malley. And, and, and another thing I also want to point out, something I, that I also got to eat a lot of crow on, personally, 
I pointed out last week on the show that uh, Sean O'Malley had no knockout wins over anybody in the UFC period. Not only did he get a, get one on Saturday, <laughs> he got he he got the most important one. You know, yeah. uh, he showed that he has he, that he uh, transfers power up to the that top level of the division. And if you can knock out Aljamain Sterling, who literally not I mean, the only time he'd ever been finished was that Marlon Marais just absurd head kick. That's the only time pre, uh, prior to this that he'd ever been finished. So, yeah, and uh, insane. Somebody point. get tossed around though, man. Well, that's what, I, that's what I was about to say. Will the belt get tossed around? Who do you think will end up being next to Sean O'Malley? We know that he called out Marlon Vera, which if they give it to Marlon Vera, I mean the short list of worst title shots ever, right? Um, uh, I mean you, you have Marab right there, right? But the thing is, well, they have Marab and Corey and Aljo because Aljo. Well, Corey, well, let, let me let me clarify. Corey, Corey cannot make that fight 100. percent So we can't even put Corey into that. Not I think Corey is deserving of it, but I, mean, I just want to clarify that because people are bringing up Corey's yeah. name a lot. Corey's not available. He's dealing with an injury. He's gonna be out for a year almost. So Corey's not an option whatsoever here. Not to say he doesn't deserve it when he comes back, but I just do want to clarify that because everybody's throwing Corey's name out there. And I'm a very I'm I'm a, I'm a Sandman fan, man. I'll say yeah. I'm a Sandman stand. Like I I'll, I'll admit it. I, I think he's. I mean, dude, he I look. One of the fights that I think we'll never get is that Corey Sandman Aljamain rematch, which I would love to see, especially because that one ended so quick and the evolution that that fight allowed for Corey to happen afterwards. Is one of the best things that I think could have happened. Man, losing to Adrian Sterling was one of the things the best, one of the best things that happened in his career. But yeah, let me just—I do want to clarify yeah, that. Well, I don't disagree with name out there. that. That name is being thrown a lot out there, but he is not available. I think it really is Marab, and like I said, I don't really have. I don't have an issue with the Cheetah one because there's a there's a storyline there. You have something there. And no matter what, you have Marab available. I'm not that worried about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're probably going to give it to Cheeto. Why? Why wouldn't they, Josh? Let's be honest. Like, that's probably what they're going to end up doing. Yeah. Uh, I doubt they'll do an instant Aljo rematch because they already didn't like Aljo, uh, and they know how dangerous the Marab is. And like I said, and Cheeto and Sean should be available right around the same time. And Marab was dealing with an injury of his own too, but he should be ready not too long from now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Cejudo, who was also dealing with the injury. Man in this division right now. That's out of Cheeto and uh, Sean, so I think I think it just actually kind of makes sense. Yeah, man. And, and look, I, I do. I, I feel some type of way about it. Um, if they're gonna give Cheeto, Cheeto, that's out of shot. Because like, look, I understand that you're saying Corey is is hurt. But, like, let's be honest, it's not like Sean O'Malley is... It, are we really going to lie to ourselves and say he's going to become an Israel Adesanya fight in every three months? You know what I mean? No, no, like, no. They, 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 could, they could wait and give Corey that shot. And he's won three in a row, Font, Vera, and Yudong. I think that's probably better. It's, I mean, I just, are they going to wait a year, even, though? Even with the... For one, we don't know if it'll end up being exactly a year. I mean, we'll still have to see. Is it, you know? it's, it's from, from what I'm hearing, for all estimates, like recovery and everything, it'll probably be a year. Yeah, I'm actually seeing if I can get, like, an actually injured, like, a timetable. Um, six to eight months. That's what I'm saying, a year. I mean, let's, let's just be honest. Between, like, actual fight camp, actual recovery, that ends up being a year. Yeah. It could end up being around a year. But, I'm just, I'm, but my still point is, though, I just, I can't, even if 
He's available. Even if you're like, you're like, okay, fine, let's let's okay, fine, let's take Corey out of it. Fine for your sake. I'm saying, I think he, you can make a case that he would deserve it over Cheeto, regardless, and they should oh, yeah. just wait. But if, oh, but if yeah. you want to take Corey out of it, fine. In what fucking universe does he deserve a title shot over Marab, who has been fighting the contenders that the other people don't want to, and just beat the fuck out? Of Dude, Brandon, though, fucking... that is that is self-induced, though, Josh, because they did not want to fight his friends. He didn't, no, 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 not even friends. He just didn't want to fight Aljo. That's what I'm saying. But guess what? He, he fucking 50-43 Peter Yon, dude. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just. Josh, Josh is like, let me tell you someone who did it 50-43 Yon. <laughs> it's true. I mean, they, I mean nobody, no, well, my point no. is nobody's been able to do that. But because, but because he didn't want to fight Aljo, who let's, are we really going to, this is what I don't get, too. Because Marab said he wasn't going to do it. But are we seriously going to fucking lie to ourselves and be like, yeah, dude, like, if Marab said he would have fought Aljo, they would have just given Marab the title shot over Al- over fucking Sean, dude. You can't, by the way, Aljo decided, Aljo versus Marab would have been a banger of a fight. It absolutely would be. I mean, just from, you know, stylistic perspective. And, but, yeah, I mean, they should do the Aljo rematch. I can't believe it's a conversation. Um, I think if you're going to give fucking every... If you're going to give fucking Colby Covington another title shot for winning an interim title five years ago, then you can give an instant rematch to the guy who's won four title fights in a row. Look, if you want to talk about Dana White privilege, that's true Dana White privilege. Yeah. Guy. That well, is, nobody's as bad as Colby. He's the biggest example I use. But. Which, is, which is weird to me. I, I'm, I'm surprised he's gotten, like, kind of treatment. Well, they're, going, they're trying to capture the kind of, you know, I don't like to bring up politics on the show. I made that mistake, like, earlier in the show. It's history. I kind of regret it. When, during the COVID era, I think I said some shit. Really? But, you think like, so? I think, it well, yeah, I think I was just mad, and I think a lot of people were too. But was it controversial um, though? I don't think it was anything controversial. Did you say anything could get us canceled? Probably not. No, no, no. If no. it can't get us canceled, I really don't give a fuck, Josh. If anything, I want. <laughs> Fair to enough. Play. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, I try to not talk about politics that much on here. But anyways, yeah, um, they're trying to capture that right wing base right now, which is why they they have Trump at every you know third UFC event now, and they're partnered with you know, Rumble, and they're partnered with fucking... I mean, Colby was just at Turning Point USA, which is like a political conservative uh, press... Like, not press conference, but a uh, pack, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, that's... that's well, what every every major corporation, to an extent, has a political agenda, Josh. Like, I can name off a bunch. I mean, like... You know, no, that's I'm not just, saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying... No, no, Colby, I know you're Colby not. Colby is a huge right-winger, so it makes no, sense. No, you're not wrong, but I'm saying this isn't an uncommon thing for those people... By the way, we're educating people on this, I'm sure, because they probably never even really realize it. But think about even places like Starbucks, you know, or Chick-fil-A, like, you know, like all of these places have some sort of under, undertone sort of political agenda, whether or not you choose to see it or not. And, and, well, and also, has one. well, and also, they'll, they'll, that's how companies will do certain stuff like that. Like, they'll, they'll try and play into the culture war. You know what I mean? Like, for example, like Starbucks, they'll, they'll let you put up like the, the rainbows around your store, but don't you dare ever try to fucking unionize. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're, they're like companies are weird like that, uh, and you see them. So usually is pretty conservative, I'd say. And so for them to have a guy like Colby, he gets a lot of that Dana White privilege for that reason. Um, Sean, I like I said, did get some Dana White privilege to get this title shot. I mean, but at the same time, also showed up. He fucking showed up. showed up, and that's the only thing that matters on Fight Night. That's the only thing that matters. Um, I mean, I, I guess I we went and talked about it. I guess who would you like to see Sean fight? I know that we said who we probably fight, but who do you want to see it? Look, it's going to sound crazy, man, and I know this is going to piss people off. I, I actually I, I kind of want to see the Cheeto fight because it's still a dangerous yeah. fight. 
I mean, Shido did win the first one. You know, obviously the nerve and everything got hit, and you know the Sugar State Athletic Commission did you know throw that one out the door. But there's an interest there. There's a build up there. You can't tell me it won't be a fun build up. Look, at the end of the day, Marab and Corey are going to end up fighting for titles, and I'm not worried about that because they're too good not to, and they're deserving of it. Yeah, I mean, and if this I, is the and if this is the one, Sean. If this is for your, uh, for Sean O'Malley, his version of a Sean Strickland fight in Australia, then I'm fine with it because it's Cheeto. Yeah. Well, and I like the fight too. I mean, I want to be clear here. I ranted a lot, but that's just because of the you know it, it, the UC is not a sporting league anymore. And I think sometimes yeah. I have to like tell that to myself. But and look, like I said, if, if we're talking about 100% deserves it, is probably sort of available by now. It's Marab Davashili. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I, I do Joe, want to clarify that because I've been I do want to clarify that for that for the people who are listening because I have been kind of defending the Cheeto fight, kind of saying that I and even admitting that I personally have interest and investment in it. But like, yeah. I'm still going to let the people know if we're talking about 100 percent deserving of who who should get it next without a shadow of a doubt, deserves to be on that paper. We would shot O'Malley. It should be Marab Dabashili without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, and I think that. From, well, at least from like a contender perspective, because I think they they got it. They should absolutely give Aljo the instant rematch, uh, and he's announced that his uh, his plans to stay at bantamweight for the instant rematch. Because originally he said he was going to go to featherweight, and then he changed his mind. So it's a little bit of back and forth. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's another thing we didn't mention, right? He said he, yeah. he changed his mind. It was quick, and I told you, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, if he loses, he'll probably come back. <laughs> yeah, and I was sure of it. Yeah, I think you're correct. And I think it's mainly because of the way he lost too. I think if he would have lost a close decision. Maybe he would have been like, all right. You know. But He's no. better than, you know. If, if he lost him, like, in a, a decisive, like, ass-kicking. But I think Aljo probably thinks, like, I got caught, you know. Yeah, I made a mistake. And he yeah, said he did. And did you like his comments afterwards, by the way, of him? He, dude. Kind I of, like, how he took it in. Yeah. It was super... I felt... I like how real he was, you know. He's like, I... Yeah, he tweet, He I think he even tweeted out. He's like, you know, it, it felt like a bad dream or something. Yeah, but even on top of that, man, like, and being like, I don't think I should go to 145, though, because this is what Sean did to me. Imagine what Volkanovski could do. Which, look, I was never fa- a fan of that Volk-Aljo matchup to begin with, because I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to go well for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm happy he said stuff like that. I'm happy that he realizes he messed up. Like I said, super real. They didn't even really complain about the stoppage. I mean, he did say afterwards on the, at the press, like, yeah, it was a little bit early, but he didn't even really contest that. Yeah, I mean, um, they could have let, and here's the thing, they could have let that stoppage go, but it wasn't a, you know, it, it wasn't, wasn't a bad. bad. On top of that, did you, did you see the, uh, the, le- the leaked DMs, by the way, Cejudo and Aljo? I did, yeah. Dude, that was interesting to me, too. I was like, oh, okay. They definitely got a lot of respect, you know. And Cejudo's still one of the greatest minds in the game. Yeah, I mean, both become friends, man, you know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. For now. Yeah, but, um... <laughs> I do think I do think we should move on to the co-main event because uh, Angel China number one. Um, yeah, you're, you're telling Josh. I've been knowing. I've been know. I've been on this train, dude. No one's been here earlier than me. No one. No one, Josh. Fucking no one. Call someone out. Tell me who's been here before me. Because there isn't a single one you can not fucking a single name. one. Nobody been here since day fucking don't. And I told you, bro. I called it back in the day. I was like, dude, I think she's an industry player, dude. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, dude. I mean, we were saying that maybe Atlanta Lemos would win in exchanges, and she did have some moments in the grappling, which I didn't admittedly expect. But dude, the power shots, man. She, yeah. she was dangerous. I, yeah, I she was. But this was a historic one-sided ass kicking, 
ends up being a unanimous decision win, 50-43, 50-44, um, The punch stats on this one were – Have you? did you actually see at the end of the fight? It was it, absurd. It set, a, it set a new UFC record for the weight class. Uh, she broke Valentina's record. Yeah. 100 – excuse me. 296 strikes versus 29. 296 versus 29. I believe oh, at one sir. point there was like 180 strikes to like five or three. It was something insane like that at one point. Yeah. Look, we got to give credit to Amanda Lima, Josh. Even though she did lose, she never gave up. She was never out of the fight. When she was on the ground, she was still attempting to throw up submissions. She was still attempting to get up. She was still trying to throw bombs when the fight did start on the feet. Um, she still had moments... And like I said, she was dangerous, man. Whaley did have a, like one or two scares in there where I was like, "All right, okay, we gotta kind of get it together." I mean, look, I was still confident in her the whole way. She was my pick, no matter what. But it's crazy that Amanda Lima's for the kind of danger she presents as a fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will give her credit; she was very, very tough in there. You cannot take that away from her. Um, yeah, I mean, what what can you even say about about Whaley Zhang, dude? I mean, this was basically. A flawless win, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, outside of getting caught in, in one, like, arm triangle, which she was able to get out of, you know what I mean? I mean, she, um, yeah, man, just uh, an absurdly dominant performance. Who do you want to see next for her? I know the answer, but just, just want to yeah, I, I, Man, I still want my China super fight, Josh. Yan Xiaonan, give it to me. Yeah. With the, main, when it, with the main event, with the first male Chinese champion, Israel Adesanya. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, I, 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 at first I was like, there's no way they'll, they'll just let the Yan Jonan fight go. Like, I, I was surprised might. they... It yeah. might, but I can't believe it, dude. I think it's a, I think it's an L on their part. Yeah, if they don't go to China with Yan Jonan versus... We can't really be surprised, can we? I mean, Josh, you can't tell me this wouldn't be the perfect build-up. Yan Xiaonan, Weili Zhang, main event. Kind of, not on the co-main, but underneath. Tatiana Suarez versus some other girl. You know yeah. what I mean? Perfect build-up. You build up Whaley in China, she looks great, maybe has a good performance. And look, Jan Shanon could win. It wouldn't be an L on either side for China because you would still have a Chinese champion. And on top of that, you would have her next opponent there. She could come into the octagon, maybe the, maybe not, but it'd be the perfect build up, perfect setup, and it would get all the Chinese fans rattled up, man. You can't tell me that wouldn't be exciting. Yeah, and here's the thing is I fully agree with you, and, and I'm not disagreeing at all. Like, I just, I don't think they will do it. Um, I think it would make logical sense for them to. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, look, dude, I hate to bring it up again, but they had three Mexican champions and, choose to, and chose to do a show in Vegas. Yep. Uh, I have no optimism for the UFC to do anything fun. Yeah, I guess. Or to go, the, I guess it's to go the extra mile. Like, the UFC, we talked about it before, they'll put on fun fights, they'll do big things. I mean, they gave up in, on the career card. I mean, that's that was just this year. Oh, shit, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, they did give up on the career card. They're in Singapore. They didn't even go back. Even though for the Korean Zombies' final fight, they didn't even go back. That's just crazy. But, um, yeah, I have no optimism that they'll go through with it. I think they'll probably end up doing Wei Li Jing versus Tatiana Suarez in fucking Utah or something. Vegas. Uh, <laughs> instead. So, Game we'll see. Know. Yeah, we'll see. But, uh, dude, uh, Neil Maddy and Ian Gary. Uh, Neil Maddy stepping in here on a week's notice. Shout out, and honestly. in that week, became a mortal enemy of Ian Machado Gary. Yeah, it didn't take long. I didn't think about that. There was actually no background or previous beef. It kind of just all started on fight week, right? It started on, I believe, that 
Wednesday or Thursday at Media Day, whenever Neil Magny he said something along the lines of like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna son him. I'm, as a father, I'm accustomed to giving out those beatings or something. Just just talk, just some sort of like trash talk. I I, like I, I I believe the exact quote was, "I'm gonna beat you worse than I beat my children." Oh shit! <laughs> it's, yeah, that's why, Josh. That's why I told you it sounded way worse. Yeah, that does sound pretty bad. But I Ian do. Gary took that very personal. Yes. And so, especially as a new father, <laughs> yeah. And as a, so, he beat the fuck out of him. Uh, yes. One of the most dominant wins in his history: thirty twenty six, thirty twenty six, thirty twenty four. I mean, I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> that should be poor. He's Dude, reaching a high level, Mag- man. Yeah, Ian Gary beat fucking I'm, Neil Magny worse than he beats his kids. Apparently, I, I kind of want to call it back, Josh. Like, I'll never forget when you were like uh, after his UFC debut because he fought. I can't remember the guy's name right now, but the, the fighter who's a diabetic. You're like, look, man, he struggled. With no, no hate, right? But he did struggle against that diabetic fighter. He's just getting <laughs> pieced up a little bit in there. But he went from that to beating guys like Neil Magny. Yeah. You know, he's grown yeah, a lot. You do gotta give credit. Yeah, he's grown a lot. And he's grown quick. And he's self-aware. He's self-aware because he's talked about how he has. He still needs a. He wants a lot more fights, man, before the title. Like. He said at least four more fights before the title, which is pretty yeah. respectable. Because he's only 26 years old. He got signed very young, and I remember you. I remember the you you telling me this because I remember I mentioned it to you because it happened. It was an overnight signing that like, could happen. It's like, oh, yeah, Gary has been signed to the UFC. And I was like, oh shit, and he was like, what, 23, 24 at the time, maybe even younger than that. I could be wrong. And I brought it up to him. And I think and you're like, I think he was too young. Shit, that that kid is here now, man, and he's ranked and he's looking good, but he's also a murderous row division. Yeah, and a lot of those guys he trains with too, so he has a heck of a time in front of him. He really but does. In, whoever stands yeah. on top of this division, though, Josh, I think will be pound for pound someday. I agree. Of the, of this young, up and coming killers at one seventy, and that's what's so fun too is there's like multiple of them, and they all have different fight styles. You know what I mean? It's yeah. fucking. It's a dude. It's welterweight's popping right now. Love it. It's one of the well. I mean, in ever. terms of prospects. Yes. Yes. I want I want to be clear because I mean we're about Colby Leon will probably is going to get announced soon. I want to be clear, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, not I mean, in London. Are you ready for it to be in fucking Germany, Josh, and not in London? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, Sweden, right? Sweden, you know? Yeah, exactly, dude. Fucking exactly. But uh, yeah, dude. I mean, Ian Gary, he has grown fast, and I mean, you mentioned it. The Jordan Williams fight—that was his name. Jordan Williams rocked him, and uh, he went like one and four in the UFC. Got cut. Shout out Jordan um, Williams, though, dude. Jordan Williams is a fucking dog in the cage. I still want to give him credit. He also stopped a carjacking or an assault. I can't remember. Yeah, he he's a he's a really he's a really cool dude, and it's a shame that he's not been picked up by anybody since then, at least to my knowledge. Yeah, no, I gotta give I gotta give him credit. He was a guy I had a lot of a lot of respect for, man. Especially because uh, you know being a diabetic, being a diabetic, working in healthcare and working with diabetics, I know how hard it is. So I really I really did feel for the guy. Yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, Ian Gary, he got rocked by him, he got rocked by Song Kinnon, but his last two fights, Daniel Rodriguez, Neil Magny, he's taken higher up steps in competition, and he's just made him look like nothing, dude. I mean, he beat the fuck out of him, and he called out Stephen Wonderboy Thompson next. I think that makes sense as a fight. Dana said that Wonderboy won't take it, because uh, they're throwing him so hard under the bus right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that fight makes a lot of sense, man. I think that's the fight to make, Wonderboy versus... I feel like they're going to give him Luke for some reason. I think that's a terrible matchup for Luke. So I hope not. It can be, yes. I can also see Luca having moments in that fight. I, I honestly, there's a lot of ways you can go with Ian Gary. 
I'll tell you this though, his development has been awesome, but also his uh, the punches gone were perfect each time. I think as far as him building up, I think I wouldn't have an issue. If they redid the Jess Neal matchup personally, mm-hmm. uh, especially since this guy's already you know <laughs> Gary. He also had beef that he created with Jeff Neal, so. I do yeah, I mean, they, he wore he wore the fucking uh, what is it? Dude, the Thanksgiving mugshot, dude. I still remember. Yeah, uh, I mean, just absurd. The, the the Jeff Neal who had a DUI on Thanksgiving, the day of Thanksgiving, or the day after. Yep, I'll never, I'll never forget that dude because then he proceeded to win a fight right after that. I forgot who he beat, but I remember I was like, he ain't gonna win this, right? Like, there's no way he has all this shit going on. <laughs> No way he's focused on the fire, right? And that was yeah, wrong. Did. I think who did he fight? Was it Santiago Ponzinibbio? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he got and yeah, Ian Gary, dude. He's been a weird, like he's been pissing off people, you know. And it's not even like I don't even think he's like giving a guy shit for drinking while drunk, <laughs> like driving while drunk. is not like the worst thing. On the it's, like on the it's, it's, if anything, it's probably kind of the right thing to do, right? Yeah, and then also going after a guy for beating his kids. Also, it's like I saw people going after Air, Ian Gary for both of those incidents, and it's like, dude, any other business? Like, it's, right. could you imagine? It's like, dude, you're a fucking asshole for bringing up that guy's DUI. You know, like, it's, yeah, dude, you should keep that a secret, man. <laughs> Which look, yeah, what I, the, fuck, the fuck is your problem, man? Why look, you oh, oh, beating his oh, kids? Also, I'm not saying it should necessarily be out there either, but also I think there's, <laughs> I don't know, it's. It's one of those things. I feel indifferent, man. You know, it's it's the fight game, man. Unless we're also, becoming it just happened, so I get why uh, Ian Gary yeah. would like it. Shit. Look, but... my 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 whole thing is, you know, don't to talk about people's families, right? I'd rather you not. I'm not going to prevent you from it. I can't control what people say. Also, I have. Yeah, we're going to talk about that prime card soon. So, well, look, let me tell you this, Josh. I'm one of those people that, like, I mean, at the end of the day, words are words. Like that's how I feel about it. I know not everybody's like that. I've always had this very strong mentality about this. And I think it's just how I personally like kind of built myself on that. I know not, like I said, I know not it's everybody, but it, look, in general, I uh, when I was younger, I used to make some comments that I regret, and. uh <laughs> like you know, mom joke. You know, you're young. You play, you're young. You play you're modern like, warfare a lot. I yeah, know. you live and you learn, right? And, 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 I, and I don't ever say anything like that anymore. Even online, even when I'm playing games, I do want to clarify that. Yeah. But uh, look, like there's there's just certain things you don't want to. And, and, and like race, like being extremely hateful is right. Completely draw the line. But outside of that, say whatever the fuck you want, man. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it. Will you be respected for it? Probably not. But it's it's not a good thing to bring up. And like. There, 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 there's, you can definitely cross the line. I mean, the guy who called, who talked about Adrian Giannis's, uh, coach who passed, like, yeah, that was fucked. Obviously, Connor talking about, uh, uh, Habib's dad also fucked up. Yeah, so. yeah there's definitely, there's definitely lines you don't want to cross. Yeah, uh, like, even, even, even then, me, man, there's, I'll, I'll call, look, I'll, if you're, re- I'll call people out when they fuck up. I think you should. I think that's a healthy thing to do. I agree. I fully agree. Um, in, in, in Ian Gary's case, I mean, he did. He earned some fans. He also earned a lot of haters. So we'll see what happens. Who do, you, who do you want to see next, Josh? Who do you want to see next? I, you uh, asked me. Wonder Boy. Although I don't know if it'll happen. If it does not happen, Jeff Neal rebooked. I think it makes sense. You like, how do you feel about Sean Brady? I heard Sean Brady get thrown out there a lot. Sean Brady hasn't had hasn't some fun. Sean Brady is. Uh, I want to see Tom. I want to see Sean Brady take a, a tune up when he gets back. Uh, I really want to see him take a tune up. Um, I believe he's dealing with a bacterial infection right now. Oh, Or shit. something really bad. Like Gordon Ryan? Like that kind of shit? Uh, he had... Oh, 
man, I can't even pronounce this shit. <laughs> it's a hard ass name, right? Stra- something itis, right? <laughs> Stra- Strapesis B or something? I don't know. It's some, know. it's some, it's some really bad like disease or some shit. Anyways, he's 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 in a really bad uh, place. So he was in with an injury on top of dealing with his he had a, infection. He, yeah, he had septic bursitis or bursitis, excuse me. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I mean he's he's that was pretty bad. So we did pull out of his last fight. He got murked by Bilal Muhammad. So yeah, dude, I just I think I want to see him take a tune up. So no, I don't want to see Sean Brady fight in Gary. Okay, I mean that's. Yeah, that's understandable. But, yeah, I think Wonder Boy uh, does make sense. Jeff Neal makes sense. And if they can't find anybody else, book Luke just because Luke got to win. He's higher ranked, and it makes sense. Right. Even if I don't like the matchup. Um, I mean, and, like, look, Luke can still find success. In, like, I'm telling you, like, I think there's there's a path to victory there for Vincente Luque still. Yeah. Um, but I think it's about time to move on, man. Uh, this one, not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. Mario Bautista picked up a win for DeMond Blackshear. Obviously, we know the story here. DeMond Blackshear stepping on a week's notice. Uh, looked good early, I thought, but ended up, uh, Mario Bautista ended up coming on strong down the stretch, yeah. gets the unanimous decision win. It was contested, up. though. It was contested. How'd you feel yeah. about that? I thought it was a, I mean, I thought it was a could clean have, win, but I didn't. Could have either way, right? Yeah. Could have gone either way. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Look, it's hard to. Look, whenever a fight is close and the guys aren't ranked, it's kind of hard not to kind of want to fight for one side, you know what I mean? Because, yes, I end up losing the fight. Yes, if the guy deserves a win, obviously we should be outward. But if it's a close fight, it could have gone either way. You don't end up having, at least personally, Josh, I don't know about you, you don't end up having super strong feelings. Unless it's like a full-on blown-out robbery. I generally, and it sucks too, but that's just, that's literally the way the game goes. Like, MMA, sometimes... There's a lot of guys, like, neither one of these guys really separated themselves apart from one another. So if yeah. they would have had it go a certain way, I would have been like, oh, well, you know, like that. And, and, and it didn't give a performance that made him look like, oh, shit, they're ready for the next level either, you know? Yeah, and that's just how, that's just how fights are. I, I have no issue with it, but, you know, that's literally just how fights are. Sometimes fights are close, and they're going to be competitive, and you may not like the decision, but, like, nobody set themselves apart. Like, that's different from a robbery, for sure. Yeah, and look, I'm, I look forward to both these guys' career. They both interest me in some capacity. So definitely, anybody out there, still watch these guys. There's a lot here. There's a lot here, and they're young. Yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, both these guys are solid. Both more young. We'll see what they do moving forward. For Mario Bautista, I believe that's win number four in a row. So yeah, he's on a little streak right excuse here. Me. So yeah, he's a bad man. He's a bad. Push man. your ranking soon. Yeah. Um, we mentioned this guy earlier, opening up the main card, Marlon Vera picking up a, a unanimous decision win, 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. I went ahead and picked uh, our boy Pedro Munoz for the upset here. I thought he looked good early, but it is the case with every Marlon Vera fight. Um, he came on strong down the stretch, although I do know a lot of people thought that uh, Munoz deserved the nod. What did you think, and how did you score this one? It was one of those close fights. Like I, I, I had Cheeto, but I wouldn't have been surprised if they gone Pedro. Mm. Um... And man, it is. Oh god, like I said, I don't have super strong feelings about it. One thing I do want to say is, Josh. I mean, once again, this fight was kind of planted here perfectly for Cheeto and Sean once again. And then this is again. I want to reiterate. This is why I think they'll end up going this direction as well because it's. I mean, it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was perfectly planted for both these guys. Although it's just, man, I'd be very. I, I don't want to see they do it. I don't want to see them do it. But um, it'll be a fun fight regardless if they do make it or. 
Uh, a rematch is gonna happen regardless. So. By the way, when you, when you, to talk a little bit about Pedro though, Josh, he's a tough out for anybody. Still. Yeah, he is. Like he'll, he'll, because if you look, look at Chris Gutierrez, look at how Cheeto fought him, look at how Sean initially started that fight. No one ever comes at Cheeto, or at Pedro, I mean, rather. Yeah. Like, out the gates like that, because you can't. He has power, he's still disciplined, had good kicks, doesn't really throw him anymore. But, there's a reason for that, man. Like, he is still a very good guy, and look, I think he's slightly above a gatekeeper still. But mm-hmm. he can still catch these wins. I mean, he bit, he, he stopped the, the Chris Criteria's win a, win a streak, and look, it wasn't the most exciting fight or anything like that. But he got one over a young guy who was on the comeback, and it was right there and was building this silent streak and prevented him to jumping up to the next level because this could have been Chris Gutierrez in this position or whoever else, or Chris Gutierrez could have been in a Song of Dong fight or whatever, potentially. So, someone else, right? Some some ranked opponent potentially here. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and uh, full cards on the table. I thought I thought uh, Pedro Edges went out 2-1. I gave him 1-2. and two. Uh, But it was also a case where I thought Vera had – you know, the powerful shots, I thought, you know, Pedro outlanded him by, by just a significantly higher clip, so I gave him the nod. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, he still is a very good top ten gatekeeper. Like, people say gatekeeper is like a, like a, just a blanket term, which I've never liked. There's, there's, um, there, there's different meanings to it, right? Because yeah. Robert Whitaker was kind of gatekeeping the number one spot. Exactly. You know I, yeah. Like, but that's different from like a, like a guy like, I don't know, who's Brad who's using, Yeah, Brad Tavares is also called the gatekeeper. But for 15, much different reasons. Yeah. He could be 15 or be just outside of the 15. He bounces back and forth all the time. It's exactly. super normal for him to not be there. Um, who else is kind of a gatekeeper-ish kind of guy off the top? Um, in some aspects for a while there, I think Luke K. Josh, he was like very middle of the pack, lower end yeah. of welterweight, gatekeeping in a different way, but still being hyper-competitive and put, kind of still moving up the way up his rankings. Uh, everybody just does it in a different way. Um, in different spots and at different points in their career. This is just kind of the point that uh, Pedro Munoz is at. And like I said, it's not unrealistic for Pedro Munoz to get back into the top five at some point either. No, no, it's not. It's not It's not unrealistic at all. And the reality is that he went ahead and had that win over Cody Garbrandt, I remember, a couple years ago. And uh, because of that win, he got himself like in the top five. And he faced and he suffered a lot of losses because, like, I don't know if he just wasn't ready or, you know, whatever it may be. But, like, he's still a very talented guy. He's in his you – know, he's moving into his late 30s. But I thought this fight perfectly showed you. Like, what was his uh, moniker, the Young Punisher? What were they used to call him? Yeah, the Young Punisher. That's his name. Yeah, not, not, not the Young Punisher these days, just the Punisher. Just the Punisher, yeah. <laughs> kind of like uh, Chase Cooper, the Teenage Dream, just now only the yeah, He's just the dream, yeah. Um, but, uh, dude, I mean, normally I'd ask, like, what fights can we talk about now? But uh, we, okay. we do got to move one down because uh, it's Maybe. Brad Tavares, Chris Wyden. Come on, Josh. Yeah. Chris White, man. The All-American. Losing in his return. But I don't know about you, but uh, I'm, I am I fucking love me some Chris White still, dude. I fucking love Chris White. He's, he, he's a dog, man. He showed it in there. He, it's, it, it hasn't left him. You know, he's still hungry for it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's a good thing or bad thing, I think we kind of will find out soon, uh, if I'm being honest. But, uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, look, he, this wasn't just – him coming back was a victory in of itself, Josh, because he went through a lot. They referenced uh, Alex Smith a lot during fight week, right, kind of calling back to that and yeah. comparing it to Chris Weidman's kind of return to uh, to fighting and a recovery. Um, 
Chris talked about how he still struggles at times. Sometimes to look at his leg and kind of has like a sort of PTSD like a, a, a kind of memory of the thing, the leg break. Mm-hmm. So he's still dealing with it. And uh, a quote they pulled the uh, fight week that he gave was he said he wasn't worried about coming back to fighting. He was worried if he was never going to be able to play with his kids again. Which hit hard, man. That that uh that was a different level of like, oh shit. You know what I mean? It's not it's not just about the fight game. It's not being able to, about being able to train. It's about being getting being able to get back to normal and enjoy life with your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as the fight itself, man, uh, look, at least my boy Brad Tavares didn't knock out my boy Chris Wyman. That's all I didn't want to see. And yeah. I just think Chris had some slight moments, but look, he's been out of the fight game a lot. I still I still think he shined a little bit through against a guy in Brad Tavares who's always lingering out of the top 15. But Josh, we got to give some credit to Brad Tavares because this is one of the the best Brad Tavares performances in recent time. And look, I know you can point to a lot of that being because of Chris Wyman. But mm. I feel like Brad Tavares still did what he had to do to get a victory here over a Chris Wyman who, who kind of gave him a few surprises by still being in it and throwing a few bombs. And you saw Brad Tavares retreating a little bit. A little tactical retreat, you know, no full turnaround run away, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, look, um, I really liked this fight, man. I, I liked this fight because Chris Weidman said in the lead-up that, like, he didn't want Brad Tavares to take it easy on him, and he didn't. And, and Chris, you in that second round, I saw him do an interview afterwards where, like, because in that second round, he kind of, like, Brad kicked his uh, his previously broken leg, and he went, really? Fuck you! And that's when he started, like... Losing his, and he rocked him with the left hand, and it was a big ass moment, dude. And uh, if if Chris Wyman never fights again, at the very least, we got one final badass Chris Wyman moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, um, Josh, I, I will say the biggest letdown of all is this, and sadly for Chris, what was it? Was it was a lot of injuries right for a while there? They kind of sidelined him, right? And obviously, he did try to do the move up to a uh, to light heavyweight, which holy fuck, that was a mistake. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw Luke try to do that, and it didn't work out for him either. But um, man, I I I will always say, man, I I kind of wonder if Chris Weidman would have stayed healthy, would have been able to get some good wins. I think he would have been an interesting fight for Israel Adesanya, Josh. I will always say that if somehow Chris was able to get back to form, I was always interested in that matchup if Chris could get it together. Yeah, and and the reality is, is that that was always going to be a very very tough thing, um, for him to, to even and look he was talking about that like talking about like world title aspirations during fight week, um, and the reality is is that I was always kind of taking I was somewhere in the middle on it I didn't want to count him out like a lot of people forget that like Wyden was in a weird place before the leg break like he had just beaten Omar Akhmedov who I think had won like six in a row or something. But the UFC didn't like him, so they weren't giving him any big names. Like, that Wyman fight was his first big name. And Chris beat him, you know? Like, that was a really good win at the time. And then he had the the Hall fight, which I probably would have picked him to win. But then, you know, he got hurt. And I was kind of iffy on what he was going to do moving forward. It sucks that we're, that we're not going to get a potential... Like, like we talked about before. Like, an Israel Adesanya prime Chris Wyman versus, Chris, uh, versus prime Israel Adesanya. Insane fantasy matchup, in my opinion. But, uh... That's the way it goes, man. What do you think about him retiring? Obviously, a lot of people wanted to. Dana White, who rarely says for fighters to retire, outward came out and said, Chris Weidman, retire. <laughs> he said, well, we'll talk about that more, because he said that about somebody else, too, later. But uh, Hey, man, you- that's uh, 
he became champ, man. That's that's one thing, man. If you if you retire as champ or a former champ, uh, I, I mean, you you did your part. You reached the pinnacle of, of of whatever sport you played, man. No matter what, no one could ever take that away from you. You're set in the history books for the rest of your life, and he's done that. You know, plain and simple. He he, he made history already. You know, the guy who he beat, man, Anderson Silva. That will live forever, no matter what. He just cemented his name in the history books, which is what any athlete ever wants to do, is leave a good legacy behind. And him being, look, a super likable a likable guy, even better, man. Like, there's there's nothing more to do. And I think walk, if he walked away right now, I'd be perfectly okay with it. I wouldn't even care. I, um, I wouldn't be wanting more because I think that it's kind of – it'd be probably the smart decision. But if he wants to come back for one more, he's healthy and wants to try to get in there again. Sure, man. Uh, and and like I said, I think he wants to leave on with one on you know a win over him. Uh, and look, kind of talk about the whole him talking about championships and stuff. I don't think no. there's necessarily that's getting kind of pushed too much. Like him really thinking that, and I think to an extent he does, but I think it's kind of a self motivation thing. Like I need to work like a world champion. This is coming in the. It's 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 funny that I'm bringing this up uh, right now. You brought this up because I used to tell myself, Josh, when I was working out a lot, I used to say world champion mentality. Like I would talk to myself and motive, self motive, but world champion mentality, world champion work ethic. That's what I would tell myself. If you want to wake up, what do you have to? If I want to succeed today, what do I need to do to be a world champion? And it's not like I was training for anything. It's not like I was yeah. actually chasing a, a championship title in any facet or we're trying to become a champion in anything. But I would tell myself that world champion. I'm a world champion. World champion mindset. You know, and I think that's more or less what that kind of was for Chris Wyman leading up to this fight. Yeah, and that, well, I actually agree because I saw a lot of people making fun of him for the Hey the World title comments, and like, I just, I guess I just don't, I, I don't understand. Like, there's a reason why professional athletes are professional athletes. You know what I mean? Like, I saw a lot of people making fun of Chris Wyman for saying that he was going to be world champion, and like, no, I don't. I did not think he was going to be world champion. I don't think anybody did. But I saw a lot of people mocking him for that. And it's like, do you motherfuckers understand how Chris Weidman became Chris Weidman in the first place? It was that championship mentality. That, like, no matter what, I'm going to be the baddest motherfucker on the planet. It does not matter who's going to be in front of me. That's why he beat Anderson Silva twice. That's why he beat Leona Machida. That's why he beat Vitor Belfort. That's why he beat so on and so forth. Kelvin Gass, multiple other guys. Um... So yeah, like I should fully agree with you. It's all about mindset, and I, I'm I'm happy that you went ahead and brought your own your own personal story into it. Like I I love doing that shit, you know. Um, and, and, and dude, but, it's one of the look. And not it doesn't work for everybody. I will say that, but for me, it definitely did when I was doing it. And every now and then, I I kind of tell myself that man, like I need I need to have a world championship mindset right now to, to succeed in whatever I'm doing. Like I'm like I'd be no bitch right now, you know. And, uh, and dude, I remember every now and then, like I hated doing cardio, man, when I was working out pretty often, and I would literally do the full thing, Josh, hard work, dedication, hard work, dedication. No Let's joke. go. I, I wouldn't say it out loud because I was in the fucking gym, but I would say it in my head, hard work, dedication, literally just pushing myself because I didn't know how else to do it. I didn't know how to just summon that without having it in my head. You know, who's gonna carry the boats? You know, some David Goggins shit. Who's gonna yeah. carry the boats, Josh? Who's gonna carry the? I'm gonna carry the fucking boats. God damn it. There you go. There you go, man. Let's fucking go. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that, it's all about mentality, man. But as far as the rest of the card goes, it's been almost an hour on it. But uh, what, what fights you most want to highlight, man? Oh, man. Look at the card. I think I have it pulled up. 
Uh, Greg showed out to Gregory Rodriguez, getting one back over, Josh. Um, he was, he was one of those guys who, look, I, I don't know how far he'll make it, um, as far as, you know, having championship aspirations or becoming a champion. But this guy has some power. He has some good ground abilities. I hope he capitalizes on it and we can see what his ceiling is. Cause I do think he's a good fighter. They kind of did help him here and give him a layup on a guy who was like on a three or four fight win streak and we will not see in the UFC. So that was a big one for me. But Josh, we have to highlight the other main event and Kona main main event of this card really is the ultimate fighter for Daddy, Josh. Let's go. And look, Let's I wasn't, go. I wasn't, I wasn't wrong about this one, Josh. I was on edge about this one. Kurt Holliba, Austin Hubbard, I was on edge about. And I was correct because I was like, Kurt could show up. I'm, I'm leading Austin Hubbard. Kirk Holliba with a submission triangle choke over Austin Hubbard. What did you think? I got to give you a thoughts. The season ends. We're here. Give me your overall impressions. Let's start with Kurt Holliba, Austin Hubbard first. It was, it, it was everything I wanted. Um, both of these fights, I thought both of them were entertaining. They were both bangers, um, dude. Yeah, and look, I mean, for a season that we are the only two people on the planet that watched it, you know, it's just, I mean, jokes aside, I haven't seen anybody talk about the season on a consistent basis outside of us in this kind of podcast sphere, this, you know, sphere anyways, man. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, you're talking about a fight of the night between Bakatona and Cody Gibson, which is one of the greatest fights of the year, period. Yeah. Um, That's the thing, man. That. That's why yeah. this fight was going to have value because of what these guys were fighting for. They were fighting for a return. They were all none of these none of these guys were uh, what was it called? They called them prospects, right? None of these guys were prospects. All these guys were vets. All these guys had been here. All these, and it's it's really trippy because Cody Gibson, and it's kind of weird, right? You kind of see the parallels, and I kind of talk I kind of talked to you about this before. But it was like, you know, what are we? How far are these guys really going to make? You know, how much do they really have left for the UFC? I mean, Kerr Holliba, I think he's in his mid thirties at this point. Uh, same with Cody Gibson. I think Brad Katona is the youngest one out of all of them. And then I think Austin Hubbard's right above Brad Katona in the age. Um, and it's weird. And the reason I'm going to mention, I'm mentioning, uh, I'm skipping a little bit to Cody Gibson, Brad Katona. Cody Gibson made his UFC debut against Aljamain Sterling. Uh, and Aljamain Sterling made his UFC debut against Cody Gibson on the same card. Uh, and it's weird, man. It was kind of a mental fuck because you, it's kind of like, damn, Cody Gibson is here now fighting for a return to the UFC on the prelims of a main event pay-per-view card where the guy who he lost to in his first ever UFC fight is the champion defending his title. That's crazy. Um, but I'm going I'm, to I'm, I'm I'm really back into you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's crazy. I mean, look, man, yeah, just just a crazy night. UFC 292, I mean, look, dude, this summer, 290, 291, 292, greatest UFC summer in, in, in the minute, man. I mean, goddamn. I mean, all pay-per-views are all bangers, dude. I mean, it's been a heck of a year. Yeah, and look, this pay-per-view itself, um, like, top to bottom wasn't that crazy, especially the main card, a lot of decisions, but, like, the big moments are ones that we're going to be talking about for years to come. So, uh, yeah, man, very, very fun night of fights, but I think we should move on because Angel, going down at 4 (laughs) a.m. By the way, Cody Gibson did get a a UFC contract. Yeah, oh, forgot to mention that. Yeah, they did the old uh, Stephen Bonner, Forrest Griffin. They gave him both contracts. By the way, did you know quick little random thing? Did you know this guy's like an AP history teacher, and like a high school AP history teacher? You're damn right he is, dude. That is How's super typical. History nerds are bringing it back, man. You know, super typical, man. Grading grading papers at night and fighting on the weekend, dude. You're damn right, dude. You're damn right. Um, yeah, man. I think we should go ahead and move on. You see, UFC Singapore going down at like 
fucking 4 a.m. our time. Uh, the good news is that the main car starts at 7 a.m., so, you know, it's going to be early Josh risers. Has, you know. Josh can sleep in a little bit. Oh, yeah, right? You have a really fun time. Um, but, yeah, anyways, man, in the main event, Max blessed Holloway. We were in person for his latest win, UFC Kansas City, Arnold Allen, in April, taking on the Korean Zombie, uh, likely going to be the Korean Zombie's final trip to the cage. Coming off a knockout loss to Alexander Volkanovsky last year. Prior to that, he notched a unanimous winner with Dan Ige. Uh, Max Holloway is a massive, massive favorite. But they both wanted this fight because they both said, hey, we're both veterans. We're both, you know, came out of that same era in the early 2010s that, granted, Max didn't fight the WEC, but, like, he came in not long after the WEC shut down. Could you imagine? So they're both kind of from that era, and they're going to fight. What do you think about this match? Dude, I mean, look, Josh, we we know how this is going to probably go. Um, (laughs) But credit to Korean Zombie, man. I don't think it doesn't mean it can't still be an exciting fight. Because, look, Max doesn't have, like, a, a lot of power. He's a volume guy, and Korean Zombie is also a guy who can also throw a lot of volume. I think this guy could give us a banger. But at the same time, it could also be a very, very sad night for the Korean Zombie. He will probably retire after this one. And this is one he wanted, and I think I respect that, too, out of him. And Max is completely okay with it because he gets to fight one of those guys from that era, too. And he kind of gets to complete his, his opportunity of being able to compete with all those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why I'm partially cool with it, too. Like, look, I, I this is not the top of my list, but if they both won it, who am I to say no? That's kind of my thoughts on it. It's all um, good, Josh. They double knock down each other. They both stay on the ground. No one gets up. Creed is to fight ever. <laughs> yeah, right? That's the, that's the only way it could possibly go down. Could you imagine uh, they both went out? No one, get a, no one gets up? Yeah, <laughs> That'd be crazy. That'd be a crazy yeah. fight in sequence. I'd love to see some shit like that go down. Right. Um... Yeah, man, I mean, look, let's just be honest. We're both picking Max Holloway here. I mean... I mean, Josh, you were yeah. picking Max Holloway. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Uh, no. <laughs> he's, uh, he's doing it. I mean, Josh, by the way, Korean Zombie beating Max Holloway, craziest upset of all time? I know it's... Uh, it'd be up there, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but... Dude, that'd be pretty wild. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't think that's going to end up happening, but... um, yeah, yeah, You man. don't, Josh, but I do. TKZ, but no, I love the Korean Zombie, and I actually think he'll do better in this fight than people expect. I just don't think he'll win. Because people forget he had that, that, you know, that shoulder, his fucked shoulder, and that's, I'd be willing to bet that in the short notice played a bit of a role in the Volkanovski. Now, he would have never beat Volkanovski anyway, but he was a a one-on fighter. I mean, that, that's top three, top Volkanovski performances of all time, I think. Yeah. Top two. TKZ was not competitive for a single moment. So. That, one, that one was just sad, man. I remember leaving that and just being like, damn. Like, yeah. like I didn't even feel, it wasn't even like a Terrence Codford uh, Earl Spence performance where you're kind of like, oh, damn, that should, damn, that was impressive. Like, yeah, it was impressive, I, but it was sad. <laughs> well, in that card, I remember that was, I want to say 273, I want to say. And Cosmot um, Shemaev, Gilbert Burns on that one. Co-main event, I believe, was Jan Sterling, too. So just bangers. And then that main event happened. I remember driving home, you know, from, from you and the boys, and it was like, I don't even think I played any music. It was just like the saddest car ride. <laughs> you, you remember the mood in the room, though? We were all just kind of like, damn. We were uncomfortable, dude. <laughs> it was an uncomfortable fight. Yeah. 
It was somber. That's that's probably the best way for it, you know. No, it was just it was a very weird just aura in the room after that one. Yeah. Anyways, man. Um we'll hope the best for, for Chance on Jung this weekend. Um Coleman event I I Angel, I don't know what to say about it. It is a fight we absolutely needed, Josh. I don't know what you're talking about. We we previewed this fight two two years less than two years ago, September 2021. Anthony Smith defeated Ryan Spann pretty pretty handily too. First round, yeah. yeah, first round dropped him twice, got the sub win. Uh, they're now going to fight again. Ryan Spann's coming off a loss to Nikita Krylov. Smith is riding two fight losing streak to Magomed Ankalaev and uh, home invader Johnny Walker. Oh my and, god. <laughs> We'll see. What, <laughs> so, got to hope the best for Anthony. Jokes aside, I am hoping for the best for him because he did have that weird moment in that that Johnny Walker fight. That's why. Has, I was he, has he, by the way, has he addressed that at all afterwards? Or he did he no. talk about it? It just kind of just we all kind of just looked over it. <laughs> all kind of just pretended that it didn't happen. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, we we all talked about it, but it it never got addressed by him. You know what I mean? Like, hey, yo, you know what? Uh, what happened here, man? Yeah, I mean, I can't find um, anything. I still love Johnny Walker's uh, video that he made. He, he reacted to that. He was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I found an article from May. Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker still confused. "Quote: I haven't attacked anyone's family." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to take Anthony Smith here to get the win. I think Ryan's fan. I mean, we've, we way, just saw this fight. By the way, you need to make a video of you looking at the treadmill, and then it's Anthony, and then in the audio clip is uh, Anthony Smith saying that you looking at the treadmill. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Something. Like yeah, that. I mean, I'm gonna take Anthony Smith here, man. What do you think? I mean, I'm just saying, buddy. You already beat him once, pretty handily. Um, I, I just, I don't know what Ryan's fans do better. I feel like we have seen this scene at one point. He, should, he did show up for the Dom Reyes one, but at the same time, I mean, I hate to say it, I mean, it's looking like Dom Reyes is damaged goods at this point. It's sad to see. Yeah. sad to think even, but I don't know. And look, also, it's not to – like I said, Anthony Smith obviously had this weird moment not too long ago where it seemed like he just couldn't – just didn't show up for that uh, Johnny Walker fight that he – I think he had a good chance of winning. Uh, I felt like he should have even put out a better performance, but just didn't, didn't – he didn't get to shine through in it. And – uh I hope this time around we can get something out of him. Also, was he just coming back from his injury? The monkey Magomed Ankalaev injury in that one? Uh, I believe so, yeah. That's that's another thing. That's another factor. So, I, I imagine things should go better this time around. But, look, you never know. I think Ryan Spann is still dangerous. But I expect Anthony Smith to show up for this one. And I, I don't know, Josh. Why, why did they pick this matchup? I mean, I feel like they could have gone... A different direction. They could have gave both these guys different matchups. I mean, I think they're both on losing. I mean, they're not even on losing streaks. Ryan only lost his last. I don't know. They're just. I mean, why does UFC do anything these days, man? It's just, you know, because they're the UFC, Josh. <laughs> they're just. They're just lazy sometimes. Like I think. I think a Vulcan Uzdemir rematch makes more sense for Anthony Smith than a Ryan Spann one. Those guys, I mean, maybe Vulcan's booked right now, but he probably wasn't whenever they booked this fight, you know? Um, Roundtree, I would say, well, there's, there's there's many guys that could have given, but um, it is what it is, I guess, in that in that regard. But, uh, yeah, Vulcan I mean, Ozemir, no joke, Josh, is fighting a UFC newcomer. 
Oh, great. So, we, so, so hold on. We, we, had, we had a ranked Vulcan who's been here. He's fighting a random guy. Is the guy, is, is it somebody I know? Like, is it like a high, like, respected no. prospect? It's just no, some I mean, dude? I, okay. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to say he doesn't, he seems to be, like, he has a, right. he has a pretty decent run. 14 and 2, only two losses. They, it's been quite a while, uh, since they both happened. One was addition, one was a finish. Uh, so, and he has potential, and he's from, uh, Uzbekistan, fighting out of Russia. Oh, well, then Vulcan's probably going to lose that. I feel like I've uh, definitely seen this guy in a Twitter <laughs> video, though, before. Shit, maybe. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. As far as the rest of this game, you've seen the porn card. I actually do like it a lot. Um, at least the main card, anyways. Which one do you most want to highlight? Oh, man, Josh, we got to talk about, I believe, I, I hope, I need to double-check just to be safe. I don't want to be incorrect. Japanese prosper, Rinya Nakamura, Josh. Do you know about Rinya Nakamura at all? Do you know anything? Do I know about Rinya Nakamura? Yes. Not much. Okay, we read Nakamura. Is, he, is, is a former wrestler, uh, not Olympian or anything like that, but fought in or not fought, but wrestled in World Champions, Asia Games, all of that. Never, I don't think believe, I don't believe he ever received gold in any of those, but got mul- uh, multiple super medals, multiple bronze medals. Uh, he's only been fighting since 2021, though, Josh. And in his first three fights, he did not decision them. He did not submit all his. He knocked out all three of his opponents, Josh, mm-hmm. as a wrestler. Uh, he is the Japanese Bonico. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, no, nah, I'm just kidding. But, uh, he's made his way into the UFC through Road to the UFC. He's been pretty successful. Every, uh, he has all finishes in his career except one, one decision against a very seasoned fighter who had almost around 30 fights, so it makes sense, uh, why he had to go the distance in that one. And, and he's, and like I said, he still managed to get the gnaw. Seven fight win streak has a very high ceiling, especially in a region that, uh, especially a lot of Asian fighters that we've seen struggle with, uh, you know, it, they produce great strikers, great jiu-jitsu players, but the one issue with a lot of these ish, um, Asian fighters, and I'm not even talking about specifically Chinese, Japanese, or Korean, I'm talking about Asia, the, con- the Asian uh, region as a whole, has been the wrestling. This guy has this already down, and like I said, he's knocking fools out at bantamweight. He's 28 years old. He's called a hybrid. I'm very interested in him. I'm very excited to see where his career goes. Um... And look, I, I, I want to see a Japanese event someday. So, if we can, you know, and they've kind of picked up a few Japanese fighters over the years in, in recent time. They've kind of built them up pretty well and they're building up good records. I mean, look, I, and I'm not going to say I'm rooting for the guy necessarily out there, but I hope to, to see him have a very long and successful career. Yeah, I mean, based off of just looking at his wiki page and hearing about you speak about him right now, he seems like a real fucking deal. Yeah. Um, he's here. So, he's arrived. Yeah, and. I, I saw, like, clips of him through the road to the UFC. He was the guy that was just murking everybody, apparently. Uh, yeah, not, not even not even giving some of these fuckers chances, dude. Yeah, I mean, not he he finished all three of his fights within one round. And like I said, dude, he's, he wasn't wrestling these guys. He was knocking these motherfuckers out. Yeah. You know, he's not even have to, he's not even using the best part of his fight kit. Yeah, which is crazy. Which think is about it. Crazy. What do you yeah. need to do at the next level? And I think he's, hopefully, I think we'll be one of those guys we'll see sooner rather than later in some very competitive high-level matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, this is going to be his UFC debut, um, at least, like, you know. A- official, official one. No road to UFC finale type shit. Correct, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to see his fight, man. I'm personally 
like, there's there's two fights I'm really fucking excited for on this card. I'm going to highlight them both. Giga Chikadze, back for the first time. The return. Time. Yeah, the return. Been out since January 2022 when he got annihilated by Calvin Cater. Taking on our boy, Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres. Dude, I love this booking, man. Alex Caceres won seven of his last eight, I believe. Only loss in there was a competitive decision loss to Sadiq Yusuf. He's going to be stepping in here, taking on Giga, welcoming him back to the division. I like this fight a lot. One of the They're both going in different directions. We'll see if Giga can, you know, stop his fall and get a big win. It's a big-time fight, man. It's a big-time yeah. fight for that division. For Alex Caceres, it's probably... Hey, it's going to sound bad a little bit, Josh, but I think this is his last chance at a, at a good run here. I mean, he's going to fight number eight. After that, yeah. it's only going to be top five, a top five opponent probably, and he needs to get a big win here. For Giga Chikazi, I mean, if he does lose, it will be – I don't think it will, it's, it's definitely bad, but I don't think he'll be in a terrible spot either because, one, he has a fun fight style, and two, I feel like – and he's a, a little bit younger than Alex Caceres, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he has time. For Alex Caceres, though, this is a – there's our make or break. He's going on. He'll be going on 36 next year. He's 35. He's in his prime. Well, I think the one thing for Alex Caceres, Josh, is that he's very good. He's, he has a fuck ton of experience. He has a lot of cage time. He seems to be bringing it together at the at those prime years where a fighter seems to be getting it all together. The technique, the training, the weight cut, the experience. He just needs to translate that to his to his fights and in the big matchups. Yeah, yeah, and we'll look. I mean, you went in and said it there. This is essentially Alex Caceres' last real chance. Um, I've been a long-time Bruce Leroy fan. In his mid-30s, he's putting it together and really becoming a contender for the first time in his career. We'll see what he could do, but I'm very excited to see if he could take that step forward. Because like you mentioned, it's his last shot. Yeah. Um, also on the card, the other fight I was going to highlight, Aaron Blanchfield. We know the deal here. I mean, 11-1, a real fucking deal. Holy field. If she gets a win here, she'll probably fight for the title. Taking on Talia Santos, though, it's not going to be an easy out. Uh, Talia Santos, split decision loss to Valentina Shevchenko in June 2022. That was their last fight coming up short in her bid for the title. That's an excellent fight that we talked about on the in the green room. No idea why that's not the co-main event. Uh, it, it, it's criminal, man. And in this division, Josh, the top five, and look, I know Rose is not in the top five yet, but she should be. I mean, Josh, we're talking about a division where the top five fighters are Alexa Grosso, Valentina Shevchenko, Talia Santos, Manny Ferreiro, Aaron Blatchfield, and now Rosanama Nunez. That is a stacked women's division. Not to include also the other dogs below it, like Macy Barber, Amanda Hebas, uh, Casey O'Neill on the come up, Karina Silva, you know, Miranda Mavericks still trying to get them together, and Tracy Cortez on the come up as well. I mean, this division is stacked at this time. I think it's the best time. I think this is the fullest and the best any women's division has ever looked. I know at one point 115 had a, a, a similar moment, but right now 125 is hyper competitive. Yeah, you're correct. You are absolutely correct. Like this is the greatest. Um, I think you can make a legitimate case for this to be like the best, not only like the best women's division, obviously, but one of the best divisions of the UFC. Period. Because that top five, like you mentioned, absurd. There's there's so much talent at the top level of this division. Granted, they've still got some ways to do at the bottom half, but, like, yeah, the front half is so good. So, um, yeah. And, and that's awesome. good. Iron sharpens yeah. iron, man. That's what you got to think about. They're only going to make each other better. Exactly, exactly. They can only make each other better. One of the exactly. best things that could have happened in this division, Josh, is I think, am I not crazy? I think Valentina losing was a very healthy thing for this division. There's been a lot of moments like that 
where it's oh, a yeah. good thing for the champion for a dominant champion to lose because it opens the door for a lot of people. And it makes people believe, oh shit, there's there's a possibility here. You know what I mean? Well, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. I mean, her losing opened up a lot. And we'll see. I mean, and by the way, we're less than a month out, I believe, from the rematch. So we'll have yeah. to uh, see how that goes. So we'll know who the next opponent is here, man. This We'll know it 100%. Well, um, rest of the card, man, what's fights you most want to highlight? Granted, the prelims, there, there's a pretty clear talent drop-off from main card to prelims, but... uh. There's some fun names down there, though. Oh, my, my fight to watch, you know, I think it'll be a finish. Probably Chitty and Jaquani, Josh, Michelle, Michelle, Ojelajic. Just butchered the fuck out of that. That's my fight to watch. And, look, I always had to highlight this guy. Junior Toffer versus Parker Porter. Let's go, champ. Heavyweight fight. You always got to enjoy those. And, by the way, two back-to-back heavyweight fights. Waldo, of course, Waldo Cortez Acosta versus Lucas Abreski right next to each other. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, this is, it is a pretty solid uh, night of fights. Like, excuse me. It's a very solid morning of fucking 4 a.m. morning of fights, you know? By the way, have you mentioned how next week's card is also in the morning? No. It's, it's, Are you it's, joking? It's Spivak. It's in France. It'll be a, it'll, main card starts at noon, I think. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Let me be clear, dude. I, I love morning. It, it, it starts I, later, though. It starts later, so it's not as not as bad. Okay, that's not that bad. Then let me let me see if I can find on the UC website because I've talked about this in the past. I love morning cards, but when I say morning cards, I mean like I like when the prelims start at like noon. I love that. I like yeah, like yeah. The prelims are not starting at noon for this one. The main card, I believe, starts at noon for this one. Yeah, the prelims start prelims start at eleven a.m. That's actually pretty solid. So I like that. Oh, they started at 11 a.m.? Okay, never mind. I can handle that. I can handle that. And, and but, it's, a, uh, it's, it's a pretty stacked card, Josh. Like, it's it's worth your time. It's better... Well, I'd say to an extent it's better than this weekend's card. To an extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say because of the star power of Rose and Cyril Gaunt, obviously, in there. And you got a guy in Thiago, And you have two action guys at 155 and Thiago Moses and... Uh, uh, Benoit Saint Denis fighting in there too, and uh, Reese McGee. And me for me personally, return of Reese McGee for you, Bosch, right? Who's up and coming with thirty five? Right, we're not highlighting this card, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, I get, it, I get. It. Um, and we will talk about the card next week. So, um, you guys. By the way, Josh, just so you know, I yeah. know we're on air, but I'm going to say this, our friend returns for UFC 293. That's all I'm going to say. You know who I'm talking about? Who is who is our friend? Our friend, our friend's coming back from Arizona for UFC. We'll be there for that card. So you. Oh better shit! Be there. Yeah, you better be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. You know I'm going to be there. You know. Hey, by the way, an easy card too, right? You know. Crazy. Wait a minute. He's been on the show before. I don't think it's a problem. But yeah, like he's friend of the show. One of them who's previously been on. You guys can guess which. Will be uh will be back for two nights. Our only yeah. ever guest and guest co-host at that. Yeah, there you go. Only you know, the OGs know. You know something? We should have brought him in today. He had today off. That would have been a fun episode. We got. I just tried to convince him to come on for one. Which one? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it off air if we should do it. We want to we'll do that sometime. Because he has a computer. I mean, it could happen. He has decent yeah. mic. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll talk, we'll talk about it afterwards. But, uh, yeah, man. Um, I think it's about time to move on because we do have some news to hit before we go ahead and close out of here, man. Uh, yesterday was the KSI Tommy Fury press conference, which was essentially just I don't even know what to say about it. Just the most ridiculous <laughs> shit. Um, I'd, I'd seen it in a minute, man. It was they had John Fury, Dylan Dennis, Tommy Fury, KSI, Logan Paul, 
and just going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. It got called off very early after John Fury kicked over a table. Um, what do you what do, what did you make of the first the first presser, man? Dude, that shit was insane. I don't remember who the fighter was, but it was a Puerto Rican fighter. There's a boxing conference in fucking uh, in Puerto Rico. And I can't remember who the two guys were, but dude, it almost reminded me of that because I remember if I I forgot who it was, who the other fighter was, the non Puerto Rican fighter made some comments to the Puerto Rican fighter, and it was so bad he had to run out of there because the Puerto Rican fans began to ch- literally chase them out of the press conference. I felt like it was not that level of intensity, but that level of a shit show. It was it was Bernard Hopkins, Josh. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, it was B Hop. Yeah. Um, I forgot who he was boxing, but he literally had to run out of the arena. I want to say it was, I believe it was Felix Trinidad. Yeah, it was Trinidad. And, uh, I forgot what he said, but there were, there were some comments being made. and I feel like it was almost that level of shit show outside of the riot. Mm-hmm. It, it was absolutely a shit show, dude. <laughs> it's a complete shit show. All, all we um, needed was a riot, and it would have been complete, <laughs> actually. Yeah, well, I mean, there was no way this is not going to go immediately wrong. I mean, th- these... These guys have gotten very t- intense, and it's only it, it's still August. Like we're still we still have two more months of this shit. So um, yeah, man. I mean, I I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, what do you what do you think though? Because we do got we do got to say that uh, what's what's been the crux of this of this whole beef, Angel? I mean, wh- why why are KSI and Tommy Fury so mad at each other? I still don't know. Do you know? No, I think it's just shit talk, man. I think it's just it's just a I think it's just an in, intense. It's just there's just intensity. Yeah. There's tension. You know, these guys are yeah. just on edge. Uh, it's funny because it's it's very different from the, it, it's different how there's there's no parallel between the beef of Logan and Dylan, and no parallel between the uh, JJ and Tommy. You can't compare the both because they're very drastically different for a number of different reasons. Mm. Um. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, hey, there's tension. That's what you want in a card, man. I think you want it to be, granted, I mean, there's, you know, you probably want to keep it pretty, pretty cool, right? But I'm here for the shit show always, man. You know, I'm not going to deny that. Mm. But I'm excited. And dude, this, like you said, this card is two months away, dude. And they are already stirring shit up like this. Yeah, dude. They're already stirring up. That's, that's admittedly, I, I gotta be honest, dude. I think, I think Dylan Dan is, is doing this whole thing a bit early. I think he's firing all the shots really early. Dude, but you he's coming hard every day, Josh. Like it's been nonstop verbal abuse and <laughs> mental abuse every yeah. single day. And no, he's had... I'm sa- I'm just I'm just saying. And you, by the way, you, you, what, if he does this, if he does the same thing for another 2 months, that's that, that, that I'll be pretty fucking bored. Uh, I I'll, hope like, I'll be impressed though, Josh, because he's had some pretty like dude, Logan hasn't gotten one over him yet. Like if I'm being honest, like, yeah. not a single one. They've all been Dylan, you know, throwing them out there and Logan catching them. There hasn't been a single one that Logan has thrown and caught. Or Dylan's yeah. caught. Like, they've all been, and like, it, it's pretty, you know, everybody's seeing it. And look, there's a lot of Twitter impressions. There's a lot of Dylan, uh, Dennis attention on Twitter. Like, you see how many, how many likes the tweets are getting, Josh? They're up there. They're in the 22,000. They are, they are doing very well, yeah. So, Dylan, Dylan's gotta make that Twitter money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Right. But uh, I mean, I'm telling you, it's it's spicy right now, and, I, and I'm for it, dude. I'm for it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hope. Like, like I said, I, I'm afraid that he's firing the shots too early, though. I mean, it's just like I, I, if he if he keeps on doing the same thing for another two months, I think it will get very tiring. That's just me, though. That's just me. Um, we'll have to see how it plays out, though. But yeah, that first presser, the the shot specifically. I told you this, but the shot specifically of like Big John barreling around the corner to chase after KSI fucking killed me. The, just, the other good one, Josh, was uh, Logan bringing the 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 bouncer that choked out Dylan. I gotta say that was a pretty good one. You say he didn't get what he said he didn't get any. I thought it was pretty good. That was, that's probably the good one, dude. But it's just that Dylan's thrown so many that none of Logan's kind of have any effect. You know what I mean? To be fair, what like there? It's kind of like how? What are you supposed to say? You know what I mean, no, it's not you're, Logan, you know. yeah, you know, you're not <laughs> wrong. But damn, dude, when he got him with the, you know, my brother fucked your ex girlfriend. He's like, that's fine. I got rid of that slut you're marrying. When I was like, damn, that was that was pretty ruthless. That, dude, I saw an edit of that, and I saw Logan's face get slowed down in it. You saw the change in his face, like, yeah. instantly, like, damn. Yeah, well, I'm going to go, we'll, we'll move on, because admittedly there's not a whole lot to say, because they're going to have another presser soon, I believe. Are they uh, actually? Where? In, in the United States, I believe, yeah. Uh, Josh, I am rolling up to the wherever that's at. I will be gone that week, and you will find a, you'll have to have a guest to get uh, a guest host for that one. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, and I think you and me should fly out there and uh, specifically be the Cortez oh. up. We're going to interview him. We're going to be on Periscope Live to yeah. capture whatever Jeez. show and fight happens. Pretty Boy will probably be there trying to get a fight with someone. Yeah. Anyways, man. Um, yeah, I think we should go ahead and move on because we do have some other news. PFL, dude. PFL. We talked about it before. They made one of the – this is the first time that I've actually scratched my head and be like, huh. You know, like, not good or bad. Uh, Savannah Marshall, female boxing champion, 13-1, and only lost to Clarissa Shields, although she did beat uh, Clarissa in their amateur career. And their profile was super competitive. Banger, man. Um, she signed with the PFL. Just out of nowhere, nowhere. But there's a reason for it, though, Josh. Because they are likely going to do Savannah Marshall versus Clarissa Shields, their rematch in the cage. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. How do you feel about it? It's probably to be a shit show, to be honest. Because <laughs> uh, Clarissa just—we didn't even mention this. We haven't even talked. Clarissa resigned a multi-fight deal for the PFL, right? Correct. She's now back as well. So there's that, and they're really—they really want to get everybody's attention whenever they do this Francis card, Josh. I mean, it's very clear. Because I'm assuming they want to have Clarissa. Uh, what's her name? Oh, my blanket on her name, Josh. Lost to Pacheco. That's time. Uh, Kayla Harrison. Kayla Harrison. And and Nganu, all on the card because they want to they want to just sell like a massive pay per view. Mm. It's and clearly that's I mean clearly this is the direction they're probably going. And obviously this super fight pay per view series, whatever the fuck they're calling, I always forget the name of it, is something they really want to just blow up with a bunch of big names. So, I mean this, this is clearly what it is. And, and look, Savannah Marston have a heck of a time in MMA because. I know Clarissa's been bouncing back and forth, but she's also got a really good gym when it comes to, you know, like the kind of girls she's surrounded by. You know what I mean? Because she's there with Michelle Watterson, Holly Holm. Like, it's it, it's the right gym, you know, mm-hmm. as far as MMA. Yeah, I mean, she's she's been working very, very well. And I think I'm interested to see if Savannah Marshall's move to MMA is just strictly for this fight for the payday or if she's actually going to stick around. Um, because we've seen whenever whenever boxers come to MMA, they don't do well. But female boxers do pretty well, just because 
yeah. neither sport is that advanced when it comes to the women's side of it. I'm sorry, it just isn't. Like, um, they're not the talent level is not that deep. So, well, it's not even just boxers, so. Josh. We got to talk about like all Muay Thai fighters, K boxers. Yeah. I mean, we've seen them all have a lot of success. I mean, and not and that doesn't translate to to the men that often. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, but yeah, dude, Savannah Marshall clears the shields too, potentially going down in the cage. We'll see what happens, man. In the smart cage, Josh. Oh, you're right. The PFL smart cage. The trademark, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, this is a story. I believe I spoke about this briefly. I did want to go ahead and give a quick update to it. Um, because it came out during fight week that our boy Joe Lozon, uh, literally, you guys will know this. I've talked to my favorite fighter of all time is Joe Lozon. Helped me get in this Ford win on the Painkill Already podcast way back in the day. Talked about, I believe... Painkiller! <laughs> yeah, I, ta- I talked about, I believe, John Jones versus uh, DC. And then I started watching Joe, his fights, you know, and it's been a long-time fan. Joe Lozon, veteran, veteran of the game, potential future UC Hall of Famer, has the record for most bonuses, you know what I mean, so on and so forth. Uh, they, they not only declined uh, his chance to retire in Boston... Uh, Dana pretty much said, like, yeah, you're retired at the press conference. He, he said that uh, no matter what, like, after he called for Weidman to retire, he said, you know, like, and Joe Lozon's talking out there, he should, he has to retire too. Like, you're not even going to let him have the chance to... It's not like Joe won his last fight in the UFC, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not like he just fucking annihilated Jonathan Pierce, who's won, like, five in a row since then. You know what I mean? It's not, it, it's not like you can't, it's just, you know... Uh, what do you think about this whole situation? Admittedly, it didn't get much traffic during five week, but it's, it's to me, it's, it's just odd. I don't know. Impressive. I don't know why. But look, UFC three hundred, Jim Miller, Joe Lozon, we'll get it, man. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully UFC three hundred, Jim Miller. If I was, if I, was I would hope Jim Miller would kind of campaign for that one too, because I mean, it's not like he hasn't beat him already, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they got to give Joe Lozon a retirement fight, man. I think that's so fucked up. Um, that uh, you know, he's one of the. Kind of guys on the roster who's fought. He's the longest the tenured guy left on the roster, Angel. He's fought on the he, old, like the, the earliest. Like if you were to go through every guy on the UFC roster, he's fought on the earliest card that you can date back to, probably. Correct. He is the longest tenured UFC fighter as of now. He fought Jens Pulver in in two thousand and six. Sixteen. Wow. Years. Oh, Sixteen years. No. Jen Pul- Jens Pulver, who just got inducted into the Hall of Fame, to just give everybody an idea. Exactly. Yeah. That's just that's just wrong to me, man. I mean, we talked about this before, but like the UFC's just been. The UFC's always had, like, an adversarial approach towards their own fighters, but, like, with the Wonder Boy situation, and then now with the, this Joe Lozon thing, it's not like, dude, you're telling me that you can't even give him, like, a veteran of the game, been around since 2006. You can't give him the chance to retire in front of his hometown? It's not even like he's, he's not fucking Alistair Overeem. I know he doesn't cost 800000 to fight, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what Overeem was costing? That was correct. He was getting paid up of a million to fight. Shadow yeah. Overeem, bro. Yeah, he got a really big sweetheart deal when he first signed back in like the early 2010s. And it's, it's kind of hard to revoke that from somebody, you know? So they just had to keep on paying him. Shout out Overeem, dude. That made man some good money in his day. Yeah. But uh, anyways, man. Yeah, I hope I hope they give Joe Wills on a retirement fight, man. Always been a longtime fan of that guy. It'd be really fucked up if they didn't. It's hard not um, to be, right? Yeah, it'd be really upsetting. But uh, I think it'd be time to move on because Terrence Crawford, who we've been talking about, he said he wants to, you know, maybe a rematch with, with Spence, which admittedly isn't up to him, but uh, a rematch with Spence, maybe a fight with Charlo. Terrence Crawford has announced 
his plans to move up to super middleweight. Angel, that, in case you don't have, have everything in front of you, there'd be three weight classes, my man. Oh, yeah, dude, what is that, 15 pounds of boxing? <laughs> yes, I believe it will, one four, what, 21 pounds. 147 yeah. to 168. You, you, know, you know how much fun I like making fun of it to this point. No, I know. But, yeah, one, 147 to 168, he wants to fight the winner of Jermel, Jermel Charlotte, excuse me, versus Canelo Alvarez, dude. Uh, are you are you down for this? He said three-time undisputed. That's what he's going for. You got to try. You should always strive for greatness, man. That's what I always say. So that's what he wants to do. Go for it, champ. Yeah. That's how I feel about it, too. I mean, look, I'm not going to tell the guy no. I don't think, I, you know, it's, he's he's going to have his uh, work cut out for him. I'll, I'll put it like this, Sean. I favor him against one and not against the other. But we still need to see how this, the fight plays out before, between those guys because you never know. I mean, there could be an upset here. Yeah, you know, you know what's funny is I'm actually on the, the same page with you. I favor him against one but not the other. Yeah, so that's how I feel about it. But, yeah, and, and look, there's not even a whole lot to really say here because I really do think that we're going to have to wait and see because our boy – Errol Spence has been saying, like, hey, I'm still wanting that rematch. We're running the rematch at 154. And he does have the con- – yeah. Yeah, re- he, has, he has the ability to do that. He can reactivate the – Correct, exactly. Back. So uh, we will see, man. But it's looking like no matter what happens, it seems like Terrence Crawford's time is, is down at Wells Wade is permanently done. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of the last, last bit of news of the day, man. It's going to be the last one. Myra Bueno Silva, who is fresh off a win over Holly Holm. We were talking about, you know, finally division's going to go back to normal. Myra Bueno Silva, probably going to get a title shot. It's going to be all good. She's tested positive. (laughs) She's failed a drug test. And we're essentially now back to square one, man. Um, What do you you think about this, this, this whole situation? That fucking L, but I think she did come out and say it was because of uh, ADHD medication. But, look, man, you can make all the excuses in the world. You know, uh, like fighters say, if I don't know, if I, if I get a new medication or, I'm, or if I'm on a new medication or I'm, or I'm a new supplement, I always need to use to get approved. So, you also have that ability as a fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, and uh, it's just... Just interesting to me. It is. Uh, it is interesting. I feel like we're finally getting back to like a place where it's like, okay, we're gonna have you know, we're gonna have this. You know, maybe. I, admittedly, I thought Raquel Pennington deserved a title shot regardless. Juliana Payne and Raquel Pennington back sense. Um, but hey, if they were gonna go Mayor Bueno Silva versus Juliana Pennington, not Juliana Payne, excuse me, uh, not Raquel Pennington, I'd be fine with it. But now we're essentially back to square one, where it's like we have no idea again. Um, and we're still going on to oh, – we're not even be going on three months with there being no women's bantamweight champion and having no fight book. So. Rip. They, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, dude. But does not look good right now for the women's bantamweight division. That's all I got to say. Um, any closing thoughts on that subject or anything else we want to talk about, man? No, man, I'm just excited to come back and obviously highlight this week's card and talk about France. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Um, and I hope you guys uh, enjoyed uh, the pod this week. We've been killing it in terms of our views, in terms of our numbers. Um, and I hope you guys stick along, man. Uh, it's been a lot having this recent rise uh, subscribers and view counts. And it means a lot. I'm at Josh Shimanoff on Twitter. He's at AngelTigan401. I quote slide time for all things related to the show. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.